0: The Holy Gospel according to Matthew the 21st chapter when they had come near Jerusalem and had reached Bethphagee at the Mount of Olives Jesus sent two disciples saying to them go into the village ahead of you and immediately you will find a donkey tied and a colt with her untie them and bring them to me if anyone says anything to you just say this and he sat on them. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, and others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and that followed were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is the one who comes in the highest heaven. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When he entered Jerusalem, the whole city was in turmoil asking, who is this? The crowds were saying, This is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. and Galilee. Then Jesus entered the temple and drove out all who were selling and buying in the temple. And he overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of all those who sold doves. He said to them, It is written, My house shall be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. The blind and the lame came to him in the temple and he cured them. But when the chief priests and scribes saw the amazing things that he did and he heard the children crying out in the temple, Hosanna to the Son of David! they became angry and said to him, Do you hear what these are saying? Jesus said to them, Yes. Have you never read? Out of the mouths of infants and nursing babies you have prepared praise for yourself he left them went out of the city to Bethany and spent the night there this is the gospel of the Lord don't ruin my parade don't rain on my parade it seems as if all the forces are trying to do just that today it's Palm Sunday it's the beginning of Holy Week one of the most important weeks in our entire church year calendar where I expect to see all of you people and family and friends gathered first in the fellowship with their palm branches all set to begin waving them to be led in by our liturgical dancers leading us into the sanctuary, where as we go through the narthex, we are surrounded by the cacophony of bells ringing. And as we come into the sanctuary, we begin to sing with all our voices that royal anthem, prepare the royal Highway." It was good to see a few people and the processions of their own at home. It was good to be able to sing some of those words this day. But as I look out and see just a few people here, it's a reminder of so much that it seems wrong about this day, of how separated we are on this holy day. And I have to be honest, I struggle. I struggled to find the words to say this day, because it seems as if we have nothing to celebrate. Death looms large in front of us with the increasing numbers of people who are dying from COVID-19. Death looms large as we keep on hearing about loved ones who died too soon. Death looms large as we recognize the sadness that families experience with loved ones being all alone or not able to gather together at a time of loss and grief, to be able to say goodbye or celebrate their loved one's life together. And honestly, it doesn't feel as if we have anything to celebrate this day. But this is also where Palm Sunday breaks into our lives. And it's also where God asks us, demands of us, that we listen again to the words of our scriptures. Now we listen again to Jesus's story this day, because it almost seems as if Jesus is saying, "Don't rain on my parade." A Jesus that we have heard and learned of all throughout Matthew's gospel, this Emmanuel, this God with us, this new great teacher and healer, and as Peter finally figured out Messiah 2, the one whom God has sent to save, the one who called to us this day, who told us to go online, to not give up, to keep on coming back, to be able to hear these words, the one who called us to gather around him this day for this really important walk with him to Jerusalem. But doesn't everything that we just heard from Matthew's gospel seem rather odd of the Jesus that we have come to know? The humble baby born in a manger who told those he healed to not say a word to anyone around them. And yet, as he arrives at the edge of Jerusalem, for what we know will be his last, it seems as if he is orchestrating his own parade, his own grand entrance into the city in the way that would have been customary for any important leader at that time. The only difference is that he intentionally chooses a donkey as his mode of transportation, or if you look closely, a donkey and a colt, which is a little example of something known as parallelism in Hebrew poetry. So kids, if you are working on your drawing of Matthew's Gospel, feel free to just have Jesus sitting on one donkey. Although if you want, you can try and draw two, and that would make for a pretty funny image. You have to wonder if Jesus hadn't prearranged all this. Asking to borrow someone's donkey in advance... Or the disciples literally go and take the first donkey they come across and just say to its owners, oh no worries, the Lord needs this. Last night, the classic movie, The Ten Commandments, was on. And at the scene where people are working with their feet in the mud pits, trying to work in the straw into that mud in order to make the bricks for all the Egyptians. Like, boys asked me what they were doing. And I explained how cruelly the Hebrews were being treated by the Egyptians, but how it was that God delivered them from the hand of slavery out of Egypt through Moses. This is what the Passover recalls, and it's the reason why behind The crowds are gathering in Jerusalem to make way, to be able to remember that story, to be able to remember what God had done for their ancestors so long ago. It's the reason why they celebrate Passover every year, while continuing to long for the Deliverer to come who would save them. And so the expectations are created in people's minds of what that next deliverer would look like. And many of them see in Jesus a strong deliverer like that of Moses, someone who will overthrow the Romans, someone who will restore to them all that they once knew under the great days of King David. And so as people shout, Son of David, It brings up that time in history as Jesus is one who descended from that line but this is maybe where we also have to stop and do an expectation check expectations always seem to trip us up in life when the picture of what we want to happen becomes filled in with too many of the details that we want to see those are the times in which it becomes that much harder to see the way in which God comes to us in the midst of the reality that is. Expectations also get us onto a rocky ground in our relationships too. When we begin to expect things of others that we might not be so good at sharing with them or that becomes something that they're not able to live up to or promise in return. So think for a moment, what is it that you're expecting this day? What is it that you're expecting of yourself, of the people around you, of others? What is it that you're expecting of God? What does the picture look like in your mind of the way that you would want your life to look like right now or once again. It's not bad to have a picture like that in our minds of what peace would look like, of what community and connection would feel like, of what healing would be like. Because notice in the picture that Jesus gives to us this day, He's riding not on a horse, not on a symbol of war and might and power, but rather a lowly donkey, a symbol of peace. And much like our world, when he arrives into the city, we hear how the whole city was in turmoil, asking, who is this? And when Jesus arrives into the city, notice that the very first place that he goes to is the temple. And this is the part of the story that we know so well he overturned the tables of the money changers for everyone who was there to sell animals for all those pilgrims coming from all over the country to be able to give a sacrifice to god but instead they had to first turn in their roman coins that had an image of the emperor on it and exchange them for temple coins temple currency that had no image on them and so maybe all of those people were also gouging all of those faithful followers taking a little bit more than what they actually needed for the cost of those animals but notice what Jesus does he overturns all of that he stops that act of sacrificing before the Lord in order to be focused on healing. And all of the blind and all of the lame come to him, and he cures them. He restores them to the community that they were once a part of. He gives to them something that they couldn't even imagine for themselves. For many of us, we think of Lent as a time of giving up, of sacrifice in terms of going without something but usually that consists of something that's more of a guilty pleasure on our parts maybe giving up chocolate or giving up Facebook this Lent, we've been confronted with sacrifice out of necessity for the sake of one another we've had to give up being gathered together we've had to give up our trips and our other things that have been planned We've had to give up our plans, our routines, and for many, even their livelihood and work. We've had to give up the luxury of picking up whatever we wanted to, whenever we wanted, going out for meals. We've had to give up more than we have ever had to before. We've had to give up the pictures in our minds for the reality that now confronts us. But notice here, in Matthew's version of this story, Jesus enters God's house to bring healing and restoration and connection. So this day, how can we see beyond our expectations to see how God does work in and through every situation and circumstance that we find ourselves in, especially when we know that death remains horizon. Let me be clear. I don't believe that God caused COVID-19. I don't believe that God causes any death that occurs much too soon. But in the midst of every hard and painful thing we experience in our lives, I do believe That God comes to us to draw our attention to the one who comes to bring healing and peace and connection, even when we can't fully see the whole picture. And so, on this day, when it seems as if we have nothing to celebrate, when it seems as if everything wants to rain on Jesus' parade, let us instead be bold in our witness. Let us instead gather around him to give him the praise that he's due, keeping our expectations in check so that we don't miss the ways in which Christ comes into our midst and maybe asking what is it the Lord needs of me so that we can be willing to share it. Whether it's our donkey or our time or our skills, or our resources or what we can give up for the sake of someone else and last of all let the word of this day Hosanna save us Lord be on our lips and on our hearts be on the symbol that we hang from our doors or write with chalk on our sidewalk so that all can see let it be proclaimed from the mouth of babies who are present with us in the sanctuary this day so that all of us can be able to keep on celebrating what Jesus comes to give to us. Healing, community, connection, and life. Let it be so. Amen.